Evie, did you know the average person uses 11,000 disposable menstrual products throughout their lifetime? I did not. That can't be great news for the planet or our pockets. Nope, not good news at all. It's estimated over 100 billion menstrual disposables end up in landfill every year, and we have to spend money buying new menstrual products every single month. Well, there's not much we can do about that, is there? Well, actually, Modibody already have the solution. Modibody is absorbent underwear that was founded to help people better manage their periods and incontinence without the need for disposable pads, tampons or liners at all. Okay, so they sound amazing. They are, my friend. They're a far more comfortable solution that is better for our bodies and for our environment. They are also gorgeous, by the way. They have so many amazing styles and colours and you'd have no idea that they hold up to 20 millilitres or four tampons worth. Right, I need to get on this. They sound magic. Yes, they are. Head to Modibody's website now and claim 15% off with the code PODCAST15 to grab a pair of the voted number one period and incontinence underwear. That's PODCAST15, all in capitals, for 15% off. Some exclusions apply. Hello, it's Evie here. Just to let you know, in this episode, we cover topics that include mental health and suicide. So if that's not for you, please feel free to turn off. Bye. Our world is dying, politicians are lying And just when you feel like crying Sit and have a listen to people who have shit themselves Hi, I'm Claudia. I'm Evie. And we are the hosts of The Poodcast. The Poodcast is a podcast on a mission to learn about the lives of those living with bowel and bladder conditions. And this week we're branching out into the world of endometriosis and sex. But before we get to that, Eves, how's your bum, how's your tum, what's kicking? I was about to say, how's your sex life? We don't really usually... I mean, we do delve into it through other avenues, but I'm just going to outright ask you, which I'm not sure if you're going to answer it, because I know your boyfriend a bit too well, and I feel like this might be Well, I personally wouldn't have a problem with that at all. Um, Go on, then. Just like every time we talk about sex, I feel like we are Dear Joan and Jerrica, like just coming up with absolute shit, like just <laughs> making this up non-professional. But I've just, I've just got too much to say in the tum department. Go for it's it. It's been quite a while since we last spoke. It is. And there's been some big news. The big news is, is that I don't want to name the company, but we got a food delivery company. I'm sure you can imagine what it is. Yeah. And um and yeah, it was my downfall. I not going to point the finger, but my boyfriend made some barbecue chicken burgers and Fuck. he was like there is obviously gluten, but you if you just don't have the bread, you'll be fine. Oh, so shit. like Muggins over here is chowing down, starts to not feel very well. Turns out the barbecue sauce had gluten in and okay. I'd eaten it. And I was really ill for 10 days. So, um, and are we placing severe blame on him? Is he been maimed in any sort of way? A number of times I said, you've poisoned me, you've poisoned me. This is going to be a Netflix documentary one day. But it was, um, you know, it is my responsibility to double check. I didn't double check. (laughs) And I was very ill for 10 days. And fuck me, did I make a fucking song and dance about it? Jesus Christ. Every five minutes. I just feel like I need a dry cracker. I can't manage nothing with sauce. Don't even I can't smell, so I can't be in here with that smell. But I was so ill. It just reminded me. Actually, I always think I'm like just being a massive pussy and like not really. Um, it's been said I just before. can't handle the gluten, and it's my issue. I mean, it is my issue, but I always think that I'm being a drum queen about it. But actually, I remembered how ill I get, and it's the fatigue. I I was oversleeping, but feeling really really tired. Headaches like. And it all, I saw this great meme, which is so true, about when you eat gluten and your body's response to it. It's like, what do I do? Diarrhea or constipation? Do both. And I had both. <laughs> if it was possible, I had diarrhea for seven days and constipation for four days. And yeah, it's been Ten terrible. Ten days is a long time. It does take such a long time, though, to work its way through your whole system. And it's weird because normally I get ulcers in my mouth and then that's when I know something's about to go down. But I didn't. It just straight, <laughs> straight in the gut. And it was, yeah, it's been absolutely appalling. I'm, you know, I, I'm trying to make a joke about it, but I it was it was horrible. Um, I can I'm see that you're laughing, but there is no, there's nothing going on behind those no, eyes. No, no, it's not, it's not funny, you know. No, you know, it's not it's funny. The, yeah, the smile of a clown or tears of a clown. I don't know. Tears of but a clown. But anyway, there's a lot going on emotionally. But anyway, I'm all fine now. 
the, I just want a big shout out to Aldi uh, Full Fat Yogurt for getting me through this difficult time. Praise um, be. Praise, praise be, be Aldi. Um, peppermint tea. So yeah, awesome. so much went on. But um, yeah, it also made me really, really sympathise with the IBS community. I mean, the whole bowel and bladder community, but particularly when you've spoken about IBS bloating, the pain that comes with that is... I had I couldn't eat. I had nothing in me for three days, four days, yeah. and yet my stomach was it. I swear to God, if I'd gone to a doctor and said, "Look, I'm seven months pregnant," I don't think they'd question it. It was no. enormous. It was huge. So um, yeah, it's been terrible, but I'm so much better now. And tonight, bang, 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 gonna have some sea bass because you know how I feel about fish. And are you so, now yeah. single as well? Um. <laughs> Not yet. If there is dump his ass, dump his ass. He's on his final warning. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe I'll text him now and ask him to bring me an alcoholic beverage. And if he doesn't within ninety seconds, yeah. he's out. Anyway, enough about my ass. What about your bum and your tum? Okay, it's been it's been a lot. Bum and tum in the last twenty minutes have been quite 20, bad. Oh, this is like. 24-hour news this is I know. up to date well I we haven't done this we've it's been a few weeks we've been a bit out of practice and I'm, I'm a little bit obsessed with the work of the guests that's coming on and I got mm-hmm. a little bit like over nervy over excited bum situation you did so that say was this fun. before when it was when it happened that's recording. the first thing that goes for me and I could <laughs> boyfriend downstairs going you got 10 minutes. As if, like, I was going to fucking That's not hurry helpful. me up on the toilet. I was like, you fuck off. And then the main issue that has been going on, and it's still hurting, I'm going to refer to it as Padgate. Oh. So this was last week, and I can't believe it's still a fucking issue. I had a sanitary pad in. And do you ever get it that if it... Right. Sorry, you had a sanitary pad? Pad it just to clarify in your pants, not yeah, in, in my pants. I didn't insert it. Do we need to clarify this? Well, you said in <laughs> and just for just... anybody. This is like Donald Trump telling people to inject bleach. Don't do that, don't put it in you. I well, didn't you have said it in I me. I had a sanitary ta- pad okay, for... in, I would describe it as on. All right, I had it on. Okay, sorry, Jesus. I had it on, and it they don't. I maybe this is just me, and I've just got an oddly shaped vulva but they don't sit in my pants very well and there's always bits flapping over even the ones without the flaps mm, mm. do you see what i mean it's always even flapping. the non-wingers have have sort of flying squiffy. without wings yeah, yeah 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 yes and so it was i'd have to fold them over and i was walking to work and obviously one had like become one of the sides had like mm. become unstuck and it was rubbing the sticky part oh against my perineum i'm guessing that was well not i'm guessing how did it get back there because that's kind of where it was like i'm literally like thrusting trying to show you that that's where but like that's where it was right i not i've never experienced pain like this but but the itching and the rash it's been like you know when you're wearing new shoes and you can feel the blister forming and you just gotta wait to take them off that's what it was like but unlike shoes i couldn't just take them off in the middle of Oxford Street, like I couldn't, okay. couldn't do it. So I was just walking, and it was like, <laughs> sorry, just the thought of that sound coming from your pants. It was horrible, and oh, I could mate. feel like a like a like a bump for me. Like, do you know what? Like, it was getting, it was getting rashy. Oh and God! I get to the point where I'm like, I actually can't keep. Like, I need to adjust myself. So I ducked behind this kind of like little cafe that's very close to where I work, ducked behind it and like tried to like put, I didn't put my hands down my trousers, but I was trying to I think to, that like, would have been fine though if you had. Well, Sounds bad. Well, do you think it would have been fine? If It depends. Uh, is there anyone under the age of 16 in the vicinity? Because you could get in trouble for that. Okay, well, here you go. I work at a primary school, have my hands, pulling out my pants. Hello, Miss Claudia fucking no. kid and their parents walk past and I'm just like morning it was oh awful. god they oh definitely god. saw it do you think I they looked did? like I was touching myself and I'm not <laughs> sure just, just before school as well it's like you just need to get it school. out before like, you know yeah but also I don't know what my face was doing because I was literally going ah so it it didn't look good 
Oh, and God. this parent is on the fucking PTA, and I don't think she likes me very much. I think she thinks I'm a bit well, cheeky, and now I think definitely she thinks not I'm going after sort of this. Pedophile. No. Yeah. So oh, we're a week I, later, and yeah. it's still quite bumpy. Like, is it? Have you had a look? I did have a look. So what on that the day, I, <laughs> what can you see? Reminds me of song we sing at work. Looked in my pants, and what could I see? I'll tell you. It was. It was like a little whitehead, which I obviously oh, popped because we all know God. how I feel about whiteheads. How was that experience? Best be gone. Um, it hurt a lot and not much came out. So it was very oh, unsatisfying and probably no. not great. But do you know what I've been doing? What? Okay. It's nine letters. Gets me through everything. Masturbation? S- I don't no. know. It's more than nine. Sue, Sue, Sue de Creme. Gets me through fucking everything. Yay! I love pseudocreme. Praise be to pseudocreme. Praise be. So I've been, I've actually been taking that to work and every few hours been to, because it hasn't gone away. We're a week later and I seem to be finding it on a, on each arse cheek. I, I think it rashed me up real nice. On your arse cheek? That's where, where it's kind of feels. Where did you have this pad and how well, this many? Is, do you see what I mean? Like at the back? Like so. I just need to put my hands there so I can... Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do you see what what I mean? Yeah, I see what you're saying. Sorry about that. Do you need to go wash your hands now? Well, I just did it on outside on my gym. Oh, okay. (laughs) Really look like you went in, which is concerning me because this is what the parent would have seen. And that looks offensive. So I'm just doing the the dramatic reconstruction. Thank you so much. Results are are not great. Are you a trained actor? Um, I am. I know. You really are. But yeah, so that's my news. It still hurts. I don't feel good about it. I'm wearing dungarees because it's the only thing. Very nice. And my boyfriend's boxers underneath because they're... That's another thing. Why have I got to resort to my boyfriend's boxers to find pants that don't hurt me? Yes, absolute bullshit. Do you see what I have, like, I swear, just such an easier time of it and more choice. What's that about? Because I bet your knickers are partly to blame for the pad scenario. Because I think from the sounds of it, your pants just aren't supporting, you know, the weight of the pad. So it's not... I just think women's pants are pants. <laughs> that didn't land. <laughs> no judgment. Do you want to try that again? No, it's okay. I work All on right. I work on another phrase before my career in advertising. Permission to discuss condition. This week, our focus is on endometriosis and sex. Here to talk to us is the wonderful Venus Libido, acclaimed illustrator, presenter, patriarchy fighter and ambassador for the Young Women's Trust. Venus has struggled with endometriosis pain since January 2019. And during this time, art has played a vital role in communication of this pain, as she also contributed to Bodyform's The Pain Dictionary, which is a new language for endometriosis pain. She also hosts her own online chat show, Private Parts, which is there to reassure you that all the issues you've ever experienced pre, during or post-sex are completely normal. Welcome, Venus. How are your bum and tum today? Hi, thanks for having me. Um, thanks for coming. It was oh. so funny listening to your intro because there was just so God. much I related to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, have start. you got an itchy perineum, Venus, or just me? <laughs> just literally so much there to unpack, um, but I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> um, yeah, my bum and tum, oh, it's okay, it's okay. I've been quite... I would say quite constipated the last couple of days, but that is Fun. out of my own fault for eating too many carbs. I shouldn't be eating carbs. So, but don't punish yourself. You eat yeah. the carbs. You know what, what do I mean? you? Sorry, Claude. No, you go for it. Are you about to ask what the tipple is? Because I want to know as well. The carbs tipple. Yes, I was going to say what. What have those carbs been? Because for me, some are much worse than others. Do you know, it's funny because I, I said to myself, I'm not going to have carbs this week. I'm going to be like really good. And then that that same day I had bread for breakfast, fish and chips for lunch and then pasta oh. for dinner. So I had like a three double whammy of like <laughs> doing the complete opposite of what I said I was going to do. But I feel like that's the way it works. As soon as you tell, it's like when you say, right, I'm not going to have any chocolate. Suddenly chocolate seems like crack and you're on, <laughs> yeah. you're like going through the sweats if you don't have the chocolate. like crack for me. It definitely is. Mm. I think that's fair enough. I think for, as well, because I can't eat gluten. I don't know if you know, Venus. You know, mentioned it, babe. <laughs> Thanks for sharing. Um, 
But because I can't eat gluten, I I think in some ways I, I think the world then owes me carbohydrates mm. in other forms. So I'll just get around that by having like gluten-free bread and gluten-free cakes. And then, you know, it's Thursday and I've turned into a human muffin and I don't know how it's <laughs> happened. So I definitely relate to that carb need. So has the constipation, um, is it subsiding for you? Yes, I went for a nice poo. I think just before our chat, actually, I was like, I've got to, I've got to try. Because if it happens mid-conversation... That's going to be, well, it'll probably be quite funny, but... I'm now slightly hoping that happens, <laughs> not to be mean and wish ill on you, but we haven't had that yet. We, I've been late to a call because I've been in the toilet and mm. Evie's had to kind of keep the keep it going you weren't late you were early but then like two minutes before they came on you were like oh my god I have to go now I have to go (laughs) so you know if if anyone would have accepted that it's probably us that would have been fine but I'm glad to hear that that subsided um (laughs) so something actually I was really fascinated in uh I think this is because I saw on your website you said everyone's got a part of Venus inside of them Mm. and that you're challenging us to find it um how did you find Venus I guess um yeah this is actually a really good question because I've been I'm basically doing some writing at the moment for a book not my book I wish um but for (laughs) someone else's book about like what like what Venus kind of means to me yeah um and I was so I'm having to like write it down and like actually process it because it's just something I created because I like the name and then like over the years it's kind of actually become this thing that people are like well what does it mean I'm like oh shit I've got to think of something Um, (laughs) but (laughs) I guess like it's just for me I grew up like such a shy timid embarrassed about even saying the word sex kind of like person and it wasn't until like I got to the age of like 25, 26 and I started realising actually I, I'm obsessed with sex and like I love talking about it. So I created like this alter ego, which kind of gave me this like oomph to be like, okay, I can talk about it, but it's not me, it's someone else. Yeah. So that's kind of where that came from. Um, and now whenever like I do something embarrassing or I talk about something that's quite embarrassing, I'm like, oh, it's just Venus, it's Venus, it's not me. I think people we all kind of also don't think we're cool Mm, and you you can kind of put on a persona and be like well that person's cool but actually this is coming this is coming from you and that's what's so exciting is your your artwork and stuff is all stuff that is coming from inside of you Mm. and yet you get to be this amazing extrovert persona yeah I I do get a little bit worried though because I do have borderline personality disorder so I'm a bit like I need to keep check on that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Need to make sure Venus doesn't have her own, you know, tax code or whatever. <laughs> it's great. Must be great as well if you ever do anything like embarrassing when you're drunk or anything. You just oh like, yeah, many times, yeah, yeah. I'm like oh, a- a- the real person, April, my real name. She's not like this. She's not. She's not this real person. It's just fake. Don't worry. It's all a persona. Yeah. I'm doing it for the cameras. There's no fucking cameras. <laughs> I think we need to get some names for ourselves, Evie. Yeah. Well, you just called. What was it you called yourself? Muffin, muffin lady, or something. <laughs> the, the human muffin. <laughs> human muffin. Yeah. And I'm pantline paedophile apparently. So between the two of us, we're doing really well. Really inspiring yeah, they, they, stuff coming they from could, us. They could send pantline paedophile to jail, but not Claudia. <laughs> <laughs> she, she would go. <laughs> Um, so something, the main sort of topic that we want to talk about and something that we haven't discussed on the podcast at all yet, but something that really, really interests us and that we really want to amplify um, is endometriosis. Um, and that's something that you have as well. Could you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, so I found out I had endometriosis like late 2019. Um, and for many years, I just thought I had IBS. Um and I was told I had IBS and that, you know, I just need to cut out gluten, I need to watch my diet, I need to exercise more, which is all stuff I should be doing anyway. Um, but actually, I had a serious gynecological issue going on um, that was just ignored from a very young age. So, yeah, I have endometriosis. And if you don't know who what that is, it's basically when the cells that are similar to the lining of your womb start to grow in other places. So basically, it's when you are having a period like the blood doesn't have anywhere to escape and it starts to spread across your body if it's not treated um and I always get wor- worried I'm saying it wrong um even no, though I, think that you know, sounds spot on. I like I know what endometriosis is but when I talk about it it kind of I kind of forget because it's 
it's one of those things where it's affected my life so much I try to block it out um so when people ask you questions about it I'm like oh my god am I saying the right answer like am I do you know what I mean also think it's very scary as well to be a spokesperson Mm. for something that you know affects lots of people and can affect them in different ways like it's a big responsibility to take on but I think what you've done already is is amazing thank you the the awareness that you're spreading about it because I think we were saying this in in an episode recently when we were um chatting to a lady about um period stigma and period poverty we are not taught these things as young girls I I would have nothing I would have no idea actually what to look out for as signs of endometriosis yeah at all yeah and I feel like I'm quite fortunate in the sense that I have a community of people around me who talk about periods and talk about gynecological health all the time um so I was kind of I'm kind of in that kind of scene where everyone's talking about it and everyone's sharing their experiences or educating each other or talking to each other and supporting each other and a lot of people don't have that a lot of people don't have friendship groups who are open to talk about their pain or feel comfortable talking about sex and finding things painful or is what's your period like is your period like this is is this normal for me um and you know we also shy away from searching for these things online because we know how much google scares the shit out of us um so yeah I I do feel very fortunate um in the sense that I've had this platform where people have kind of educated me um And the only reason I found out about endometriosis or heard the word was because I was invited to an Eva Pill event, which is a huge charity that supports um, gynecological health and cancers. And I heard a doctor talking about endometriosis and the symptoms. And I was like putting it all together in my head, like this is this, this must be what I have. Um, And, you know, a lot of people don't hear the word endometriosis until they go like years later till it's too late. And they're uncurable. Not that you can't cure endometriosis, but like it's damaged so much more than it could have done if found out earlier. Um, so yeah, it's just such a it's just such an awful, awful thing to have. And it's so I just what the reason why I talk about it so much is because it is so debilitating. And I never realised like my pain was actually real. Like I just thought it was all in my head. You are just told it's in your head. What are the symptoms? You mentioned that there was, you, you thought it was mainly focused on IBS. Mm. What, what are the kind of crossovers and, and what are the symptoms? Well, this is, this is the problem. This is why it takes so long to get diagnosed because the symptoms are so similar to other condition, other things that could be wrong with you. So like IBS, um, uh, depression, um, feeling like isolated all the time, um, obviously severe or painful, heavy bleeding in periods, um, pain during sex was kind of the big like telltale sign for me um and there's another one can't remember but yeah those are like the main just making you relive all those trauma (laughs) anymore yeah it's mainly just like things that we do go through as women anyway don't we like Mm. you know we always just think that our periods are horrendous um and then we yeah, get... you, ex- you expect pain and expect it to be unpleasant yeah and then you expect the bloating to come with that and then you expect the the mood swings to come with that um and then just all of that wrapped up in one but amplified um and just coming at random points in in the month or in the week or in the day it's just a lot to deal with it, it's fascinating isn't it that all of those things you think oh well with my period I I must have lots of bleeding and pain and IBS I I really think that yes obviously menstruation is a natural thing that lots of people go through but I really think if this was something that men had to deal with on a monthly basis those would not be expectations they would have been dealt with or sorted or more research more drugs would have gone into it and I think that this is such a I mean, obviously, it is inherently relatively gendered issue, but the fact that you've been passed over for so long it is, you know, again, it's the problems with sort of, you know, so many issues with people going in and being told it's in their head. And let's face it, mostly women. How long had you been having symptoms for, or how many times had you sought medical help only to be told that it was IBS or in or in your head? Like a lot. Like I was going to the doctors a lot from a very young age um from the actually this is another thing um from the age of 12 I've, I've been in and out of hospital with scans because I had a really bad back I've had a really bad back my whole life and then as soon as my endometriosis was taken away my back pain went so that's another thing that you know my whole life I thought was 
I was told I had like my discs were crumbling in my back. Oh, like, you know, you've got a bone problem. But all of this time, it was actually something to do with my uterus. <laughs> and it's just like, this is just mad. Like I've gone through all this testing and no one ever picked up on maybe she's got endometriosis. So how was that picked up then That with that diagnosis? How did that come about? So yeah, like I said, um, I was going to the doctor's on a monthly basis saying look I've got I had I've got severe depression and anxiety um I have had for many many years um I was saying like you know my periods are unbearable um my I, I my stomach swells like every day and it hurts and they were just saying yeah it's fine it's IBS just take this take this here's some medication for your mental health keep taking medication all this and then one I think it was in January 2019, I went to the toilet and I experienced the most horrific pain I've ever experienced in my life when I went for a wee. And it would stay for about 10 minutes and I was screaming to my mum to call an ambulance and then the pain would go after 10 minutes and then I'd instantly need to pee again. And I was like, oh, I have to pee. Like, I can't stop the pee coming out. And then I would, the pain would be her it was literally like someone was shoving a, a knife up my vagina it was so bad oh um and it got so bad I got rushed to A&E where they did scans but um with endometriosis you cannot pick it up with scans most of the time it's very unlikely that I'll pick endometriosis up by scans you have to have keyhole surgery um so obviously they weren't picking up the the endometriosis and they kept saying oh I think you might have just had a cyst and it's now burst because we can't see anything and this then happened again like a couple of weeks later and I was like no this is ridiculous this is unbearable um and they just kept saying it's a cyst it's a cyst it's fine you're going to be okay and then I was like no 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 this is not I'm not accepting this answer no so I literally had to go and I remember I went to my GP after hearing what endometriosis was at this event I sat in front of my GP and I said, I'm not leaving this room until you um, refer me to see a gynecologist. And I literally just sat there and he was like, well, it's going to take a while. I said, no, 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 I'm not getting out of this room. Like I was so angry. Fair play. Um, So I didn't leave the room until he booked me appointment, like while I literally had the letter in my hand. And then (laughs) I went to see a gynecologist like a month later and he said, I think you might have what we call endometriosis. I was like, yeah, that's why, that's why I'm here. I basically told you that. Yeah. Um, and then wow. this is the other thing. This is what, this is what I think is really bad about why so many people go undiagnosed is because they tell you what they need to do to find out if you have it right. So it's keyhole surgery. It's very invasive surgery. You have to be put under, you're going to have scarring. Things could, could potentially go wrong. They, you know, it is a scary operation, especially if you've not had an operation before. Um, and then he said, so we can do that but it's completely up to you. You don't have to do it. And I thought to myself, that's really not the right thing you should be saying. You should be really encouraging me to have this. Um, because if I was someone who was like quite scared and worried about the procedure, I would have just said, no, okay, I'll go home and just put up the pain and potentially damage mm-hmm. my body even more. Exactly. Which a lot of people Or at least go do. through with you, what are the benefits? Mm. Like, yes, okay, it's very invasive surgery. This is this. These are the things that, you know, you could feel anxious about. But this is what could happen yeah. if you have the surgery. Like, just to talk... I think uh, often we don't realise that, you know, that... I mean, obviously, you realise if you've been rushed to hospital in an ambulance. But there are so many awful things that we put up with day in, day out. Yeah. And actually, if somebody just said, if you did this, this is how your life could be made yes. so much easier. You, you just need see. that push. Yeah, you don't see that, no. especially when it comes to um, your GP and your doctors and, and seeing, well, some professional. I think it's better when you go private, but not everyone can afford that. I couldn't. Um, and the people that I, the doctors that I have spoken to go in private, they're very like positive and reassuring. But when it's like everything I've been to on the NHS, I don't want to like, shit on the NHS but every experience I have had with the NHS doctors has been awful like the way I've been spoken to the way I've been treated the aftercare it's been absolutely horrendous that's really disappointing Mm. to hear and you know I, I do think as well something like endometriosis I think it's only really just coming into public consciousness and I think hopefully just even us by having conversations like this it will make it easier for people to get diagnosed and and have better care further on because yeah. 
people will know more about it. And I mean, it's, it is pretty shocking that you had to find out kind of by accident what you had just because you went to a talk. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that is insane. And, and that you had to demand that the GP do so. Because I, I don't know if I would have the guts. Yeah, I don't to, think I would either. To stand up for myself like that. Yeah, no. I wouldn't either. I know. And I think it, I just got to the breaking point. Like I just got to yeah. the absolute breaking point of being sick or being in so much pain to the point where I had to fight. Like, I really had to fight. And, like, it's mad that we have to do that for our health. I know. We have to actually fight and for it. I think what has been quite terrifying with us doing this podcast is seeing on how big a scale that that has to happen through across so many different mm. conditions. And it always seems to be that people go, well, I was at breaking point, so I said, yeah. you got to do this and you got to do it now. And then things seem to start to happen. It, it shouldn't get to that. No. It's ridiculous. I'm so sorry that you had to go through that. It should. Now, in a way, obviously, there is positives to it that I've managed to use my platform to help other people and educate them on. I've had so many people come to me and say, you know, after you talking about it, I've gone to a GP and asked to see a gynecologist and now I've been diagnosed and um, before it's too late. Like, there's so many positives that have come from this. And I'm Mm -hmm. so glad, like, uh, in a way, it's like, I'm kind of glad it's happened to someone like me who is very strong and very happy to be very um, vulnerable online when it comes to talking about yeah. this because I don't really give a shit. Um, Good. Yeah, and I think it, yeah, it kind of it, everything happens for a reason, I think. Yes. And can we delve into those positives? Can we talk a little bit about your illustrations yeah. and how this all came about and what's happened since? It's amazing. What the... what. My well everywhere. you've blown up like my goodness oh. you're everywhere oh am i oh okay yeah hon- <laughs> <laughs> honestly i mean obviously in preparation for the interview we we go a bit we go deep oh, in, into I people's i don't really do that to myself and i'm I, even though i've got like what some people would consider quite a big following to me it's not um it is huge but it is <laughs> it's pretty big like i know it is big but I don't think about the numbers and I'm not really I'm not really someone who likes or enjoys social media at all like Mm. I actually have a really horrible relationship where I'm it's my way of earning my money but I actually despise (laughs) despise it all like so much I'd be so happy if it just all broke down in the middle of the night and everyone woke up and could never get on the internet again like I'd be very happy (laughs) yeah I think a lot of people feel (laughs) like that so yeah the illustrations like they kind of started out of a place basically I was living in London about when did I start being in 2017 I had a serious like mental health breakdown because of the pain um I did something very stupid and tried to take my own life um and then like after that I like was going to therapy I was like this isn't working I can't sit here and listen to someone who every week changes and wants me to retell my story of why I'm so depressed and hate my life (laughs) um I was just that's fun yeah that which is always fun isn't it (laughs) um so I I just did the only thing I knew what to do which was art and so I started drawing and posting it online and obviously people liked how brutally honest I was about being depressed um (laughs) But I'm also so British yeah, as well, yeah, isn't it? I know. Um, but I just, I think because I was being quite comical with it, I love, I just think that it's really important to bring humor into dark topics. It just, it's how I cope and I love comedy. Um, so yeah, I just started drawing and then they've kind of become like my therapy, I guess. Like, so anything that kind of bothers me or affects me in my life, just straight pen to paper. And it's just my way of like managing and coping and then sharing it. I guess helps other people feel less alone as well. Certainly, and I think particularly with the um, the pain dictionary as well, that's really really helpful for you, but also other people. Could you tell us a bit about what the pain dictionary is because it's so ingenious? Yeah, it's such a good idea, and um, I didn't realise how amazing it was actually going to be when it all came out because I didn't see anybody anybody else's. Um, work or what they were writing I didn't see anybody's apart from what I was contributing to the book so yeah the pain dictionary is basically a few I think there's I can't remember how I think it's 17 entries of people who have endometriosis and they've kind of written a short paragraph about the pain what the pain feels like specifically 
and then they've also created a piece of artwork around their pain um and then they put it into a book so people can visually understand the pain instead of just like reading it which is a brilliant idea um and a shame because it would have been like they did a virtual museum and it looked amazing and in, in, online and virtual and in real life it would hopefully they might do it i don't know when we can but it was just I remember when I got the book and I read it and I just burst out into tears because I was like, wow, this is just so, this is just so deep. Like, this is just exactly how I feel. And even though I had written something very different to everybody else, when you put them all together at some point in your life, having endometriosis, you felt what that person has felt. And it was just really, it was just beautiful. It was a really, sadly, I don't think they're actually selling the book. I think they only made a couple of copies for people who actually like contributed but you can still like go online and look at the museum and look at everybody's work that's been submitted but yeah it was a really fantastic um project to be a part of and that's with a body form is that is that right so if you wanted to go and have a look at it online if you type in body forms the pain dictionary i'm sure it it would come up it also poses an interesting question for me as well is about how how incredible art is and how it can be such an amazing communicator and mm. how we could probably include that more in all forms of of, me- of medicine because a lot of the time you just want to I don't know about you but when I've I don't know I had this really bad experience with gluten recently in my upset stomach just back to the gluten again because it's got to be about that at all times <laughs> um but you kind of want people to be able to visualize it and you you end you do use really descriptive language and I think it, with all illnesses if we could kind of see a picture of what that might look like I suppose maybe that's why emojis are so popular because yeah. they just really really do convey an emotion so well and I know some people can be quite scathing about emojis and things like that but I just find it so helpful in communication so this kind of ties mm. into that um yeah I'd just be really really interested to have you know your work and your illustration with other things you know both physical health and, and mental health as well yeah. um so as well as um it helping you with your mental health what do you want to communicate when you're doing your illustrations is are there any topics in particular you think oh, i wish somebody had done this for me oh gosh yes yeah. so literally everything i talk about like growing up like my mum was very open but she didn't i don't I, we weren't very close so like our conversations weren't very deep um, or I didn't ask her the questions I probably should have asked her growing up um, that I just, you know, found out from looking online, um, which is a bad idea. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I think I think there's just so many things that I think firstly, like mental health and then the pain of like having a disability um, and then also just like being a sexual being and like self-pleasure is like obviously the biggest talking point I have at the moment on my platform. Um, And it's just so important to me because I only came out as pansexual last year and I hid my like sexuality right up until the age of 29. And so it's so important for me to like talk about these things online. So people feel like, do you know what I can, it's okay to be who I am and that I have these feelings or I don't fit in this box or whatever it may be. I just feel like if I can talk about it and make other people feel less alone or comfortable coming out talking about it, even if they just talk about it with me, which is what happens quite a lot, I'll just have private conversations with people on Instagram about things they can't talk about with their their partner or their parents or their friends. Um, But it's just talking, it's just starting a conversation because the reason why I had two I had two suicide attempts because I didn't talk to anybody I didn't talk to anybody about my problems I didn't talk to anybody about my sexuality I felt so scared all the time I felt worried um, and I felt embarrassed and I felt like my life wasn't worth living because I couldn't be who I wanted to be and I felt all yeah. this pain um, and anger towards my own self that I don't want anyone to feel like that so that's kind of the main message really for me if, is, is if I can help someone just step away from the darkness and follow the light towards like being the person they want to be that's all that matters to me really and I think that's what's so great about your illustrations as well as that they apply to anyone and everyone like when I often think when I often as if I'm sitting thinking about it all the time but if I think about drawings or illustrations that are sexual from most of my life growing up, I would think about pinup girls and girls going, oh, no, is that my ass? Mm. That just happened. Like, and the women that I don't relate to, that I've never looked like, that I 
never will look like and so I think well I'm not sexual then because I I don't look like what mm-hmm. sexual looks like I mean in your drawings of the of these women sat with a glass of wine and three vibrators and dildos and I think yeah that's me on a Saturday night I don't have three <laughs> but do you know what I mean like I just think that's so exciting. And they've got hairy legs. Yeah, they they look like people you can relate to. Mm. Totally. I, I love it. And I and I think, you know, that's that's got to be a huge part of the reason why your work is so popular because people see themselves and they also see themselves as then being sexy. And how often do we all get to say that we feel sexy? Mm-hmm. Because I certainly don't feel sexy all the time because I think I still have quite a narrow idea of, of what sexy looks like. Yeah, and it's that's really interesting and this is something I always want to talk about and something I always want to like unpick with the people because for so many years like I hated my body like I I would never look at myself naked in the mirror or feel comfortable touching myself or I don't think I even looked at my own vagina till I was like 26 like that's not that's Mm -mm. not normal like you should really oh sadly I think it isn't it is normal but it shouldn't be oh yeah no Uh, yeah I mean that's how most of us are yeah yeah definitely but I think once we stop thinking about obviously what other people think of our bodies and just like I, th- I think maybe because I've gone through so much pain my body has kind of let me down so much I'm trying to like build a relationship with myself and my body and the way I look at myself that I'm alive and my body has a purpose and it's like actually this amazing vessel and I should love it and care for it and stop beating myself up about it because it's already beating me from the inside out and this way, it's also like taking control back as well, isn't it? Yeah. And the one thing I always say to myself when I start to like hate myself is I just think, Venus, you don't want to be, I don't know how old I'm going to make it till, but say, let's just say 90. <laughs> I don't want to be 90. Let's aim for that. Uh, I hope so. Let, I don't, this is what I say to myself. And I, if anyone can take anything away from whatever I talk about, like just think this to yourself whenever you start to hate yourself. You don't want to be a 90-year-old woman sat on your bed thinking, why did I just waste my life thinking awful thoughts about my body all the time when it really doesn't fucking matter? You're just here to live, have a good time, enjoy what you've got. You can't change it. And we're all beautiful and all different. So you don't want to be that old woman who's regretted everything. And that is always what they say, isn't it? Whenever you see these interviews or, you know, these, these memes where they interview somebody in their 90s, they always say, worry less mm. I wish I'd worried less even now I'm only 29 I'm not in my 80s but I look back on pictures of myself when I was 24 when I thought I was ugly and horrific I'm like, oh you looked quite nice yeah. and now I'm still doing it to myself yeah. now and I guarantee you in five years time I'll probably look back now I think oh you look really nice exactly. there babe like exactly I do it all the time it's just so, you've hit the nail on the head there if you're looking back at photos of yourself then and thinking you look great, you probably look, you, you look, well, you don't probably you do look great now. Do you know what I mean? Like you've got, you're just doing it to yourself and there's no need. Yeah. yeah. It, I think about all the time when I look back on pictures and I'm like, oh yeah, I, I, God, I think I like used to be hot. And then two years later I do it again. I'm like, oh, I was actually fine then. I'm just it's such a shame. I'm so ugly now. And it's like, what is wrong with you? Why do you keep doing this every yeah. two years? You need to stop. You're consistently hot. Okay. <laughs> not changing <laughs> um so something that um i think we'd also really like to talk about is we, we have touched on sort of having a, a sex life and intimate relationships when you've got chronic pain or a chronic illness what is what does endometriosis mean for one's sex life well endometriosis um is extremely painful and a lot of people can't even have penetrative sex when it comes to having endometriosis um and for many, many years of my life, I actually found sex like more of something I just did for my partner because I wasn't enjoying it. Um, and then I had all of my endometriosis removed and my sex life was fucking amazing. Um, and yeah, and it just, it just changed everything. And I was like, this is what it's supposed to be like. Like I'm actually supposed to feel good things when someone penetrates me, like it's meant to be nice. Um, and sadly for a lot of a lot of people who have endometriosis even having orgasms can be very painful um which I've not actually suffered with thankfully um but it's kind of why like I encourage people to like like practice with toys or um try like tips to better their sex life I guess or 
have a more comfortable or enjoyable sex life because there are small things you can do to help um I mean until you I don't know it's hard because some people I've spoken to have had their endo removed and still experience pain so it's a really hard one to like navigate um because everyone's bodies are so different but I can only talk from my own experiences on things I've done to, to help and I think it's worth having the confidence as well to experiment. I think a lot of people don't have that confidence even without the pain, yeah. let alone kind yeah, of being quite. that that vulnerable, whether you're doing it with a partner or, or yourself, kind of giving yourself that time to, to take it seriously. It's something that you deserve. Yeah, exactly. You're so right. And are there other things that say penetrative sex is very painful for somebody listening or, or not possible? What what sex toys would you recommend or what would what would you say is good for somebody who has endometriosis or a disability or anything that means their sex life is not going to be a penetrative one yeah I mean there's so there's hundreds of toys on the market but um there is a actually a new other kind of new they're um developing new toys all the time but they're called mystery vibe um I'm actually being sent a couple of their toys um, over the next week to try but they are specifically designed for people who um, have disabilities or find oh, pleasure wow. sex difficult um, yeah they're called mystery vibes um, and they like they don't look like sex toys basically they're all like re- very is this the right word like egonomical oh I don't know oh yeah yeah ergonomic yeah ergonomic yeah on earth are you both talking about I've never heard this word in my whole life ergonomical what does that mean so it kind of means like it's specifically uh, d- designed to be efficient. So like an ergonomic like chopping yeah. board would might fold away or something. That's what I'm trying to you get. You learn at. something new yeah. every day. Okay. Oh, wow, wow, wow. Um, I'm glad you're here because, yeah, I'm going to go that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they make toys that like help with people who suffer with pain. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to be trying some of those this week. and I'm going to let everyone Amazing. know how those go. But I oh, would amazing. definitely say, obviously, you can try toys that... Um, start off small and then get bigger so you can like play around with like what your body likes in terms of size if you're if you do want to have something that's penetrative but for me I try not to I try to stay away from toys like that just to stop like the aggravation Um, and I I do think that like trying small gentle toys is a good place to start Um, so one that I always recommend to people who have endometriosis is the a toy called the Zumio um, I literally don't go anywhere without it. Like, it's, 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 it's literally <laughs> in my handbag. Um, so, yeah. I always worry if, if, if about, you know, having a, a sex toy sort of on you, like, what if it just starts? What if it was just to go off? And oh, I don't you're like, It's me, everybody in carriage B. That is my dildo. <laughs> it's the womanizer. Yeah, I think it's always <laughs> important to carry a toy and lube in your handbag wherever you go, just in case. You never know. I love this. It's like people with sriracha. I'm going to change this now. <laughs> sriracha? Why do they have sriracha? So that, you know, that anything can be spicy, that if, if they yeah. come across the oh, most blandest of things. Christ, that's and this is me. another kind of spice. Yeah. I get it. You start I doing it with toys it. as well. Um, I love that. But yeah, the, the Zimeo is honestly the best toy I've ever had in my life. Um, and it's just a very gentle, it's got like a tiny like earbud kind of end to it. It's very small. So it's like very direct pleasure, which I think is good for people who suffer with pain because when you do suffer with pain, if you're having toys that, well, in my experience, if you're having toys that are covering quite a large area, that can be actually quite, quite painful. I think it's, it is all like trial and error, I guess, but it's just real. I think this is the most important thing about getting to know your body and touching yourself and knowing what you like, because then you can then put that into like what toys you should buy or, you know, how you communicate with your partner what you like. Um, but yeah, there's also, I think there's, I mean, you can just use a pillow, but there are these amazing, beautiful, very expensive design pillows that you can put under your back to elevate you're supposed to like elevate your your pelvis um if you have endometriosis that helps um when you're having penetrative sex to ease the pain um and doggy style is always good for someone who has endometriosis these are all great tips i i'm loving it yeah (laughs) and something that we definitely i think 
we you're right Evie we we just haven't really covered this I think we're always like I think when we talk to people with chronic pain like how do you go to work like what are you eating and we we kind of think that we've covered all the bases because we're thinking about things that are strictly looked at as necessities when this when this should be one too like this is this is definitely classed in that bag in that fantastic bag that won't stop vibrating yeah I mean we forget that (laughs) sex is a necessity and it's something that you know, majority of us do every. Well, some of us do it every day. Um, some people. Bloody yeah, we're doing lucky. it. We're doing it. Um, whether we talk about it or not, um, you know, it's something that is a huge part of our lives, and it's a, a vital part of our lives to stay mentally and physically healthy. Um, and people don't always acknowledge that. And I think, I think it's a big, it's a big part of your life, and you should look after that and care for it and nourish it just as much as you do the food you eat or you know you exercising like it is such a vital part of staying healthy definitely and can you tell us a bit about um private parts yeah sure um so private parts is a online chat show um it's like not a podcast everyone always seems to when i talk about there i was like oh where do i listen to it i'm like no you watch it like as an actual show sit down watch it yeah <laughs> i know it really annoys me i'm like <laughs> this um but yeah, so it's a it's a chat show, and basically, I wanted I was talking to some a friend one day, and I was like, Do you know, no one's really made a show about sex that's really inclusive, because obviously we've got like um, you know Carly Slut Ever, whatever she calls herself, um, for Vice, who does an amazing show about sex and traveling the world and doing lots of different sexual things, um, and then I was just thinking to myself like no one's ever done a show where they talk to trans people about their sex lives or non-binary people about their sex lives or you know someone who's had cervical cancer and enjoys sex like this is just conversations we we don't see and I was like I'm gonna fucking do it I'm gonna be that person um yes you are so I basically just wrote a concept approached Womanizer who's like one of the biggest sex toy brands out there at the moment Claudia has one my favourite drunken purchase of my <laughs> life. Do you like it? I am forever changed. Okay, good. People are very 50-50 when it comes to their toys, so I'm glad you're on the... I'll, I'll have a chat with them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, so, yeah, I approached Womanizer and was like, do you want to give me some money to do the show? And they loved the idea and gave me, gave me loads of money and um, went off and did it. So, yeah, basically... It's a comedy chat show about sex. Um, and I talked to, obviously, Kush Karna, who is a gay man. Um, I talked to Karen Hobbs, who went through cervical cancer um, and is a comedian and is fucking hilarious. She's brilliant. Yeah. She's great. Um, I, talk, I talked to Emma Bresky, who is a plus-size model. Um, she's, um, again, hilarious. And I speak to Charlie Craggs, who is a tra- trans woman. And then I talk to Kenny Jones, who is a trans man. Um, and I just ask them all the questions that, you know, we should be asking. Like, what's the do's and don'ts of going, if you want to go on a date with someone or ask someone out on a date and you find out they're trans? Um, what is sex like after having cervical cancer? Um, what is, <laughs> I ask Kush, like, how to give the best blowjob as a gay man? Um. <laughs> <laughs> we'll definitely put a link to that yeah in the I was gonna you. say we need to make sure that everybody can access all this fantastic yeah. stuff that you do um so if people have not quite had enough of you because I don't think we have either where can they find all of your amazing illustrations your because you, you actually I know the private parts isn't a podcast but you also have a podcast as well where can people dive into the Venus pool <laughs> Um, okay. <laughs> oh, maybe that's um, a different question. <laughs> <laughs> we'll set up an account for that. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> um, uh, gosh, okay, where do I start? So, Instagram is Venus Libido, and then you can watch private parts on there. It's on my IGTV. Um, and then also have a podcast called the TLC Podcast with my good friend Natalie Byrne, um, which you can find on Instagram. And then I think that's it really i've got like a shop where you can buy um jewelry which is um sex and genital themed oh (laughs) my gosh 
Thank that you is Venus. amazing. Thank you so, so much. And we'll be sure, if it's okay with you, to share some of your illustration on our Instagram as well. So please oh, yeah, do. Of course. Thank you. Please do keep your eyes peeled for that and give her a follow now because they are remarkable. Um, Venus, thank you so, so much. Well, thanks for having me. It's been lovely. So nice to have you. And I'm going to go charge my womanizer right now. <laughs> <laughs> Stop what you're doing, let's talk about pooing. Okay, this is the part of the show where we share some of your toilet tales. Claudia, what do we have the in the bum book this week? The bum book's been on quite the journey. It's come all the way from Australia. No that fucking was... what? I was going to say, like, maybe you can do it in Australian accent, but then I don't want to offend the listeners. Also, I can't do it. The only... The only um relevant Australian things in my life right now are married at first sight Australia and I feel like I'm going to be really offensive by talking about how attractive they all are no I can't do that well, sounded a bit New that Zealand go. that did attractive the, the only no. thing I can say is because I watched um uh, Love Island Australia they all say yep. Love Island it's really weird like we'd say Ireland. Love Island and put the the emphasis on love but they go Love Island Love Island Ireland Eden you're such a bloody bogan Eden I like on Married for South Australia, she's like, that's not your husband, that's my husband. Oh no, that didn't Christ. Oh, I it. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I would anyway. guess that's quite hard. Anyway, yeah. Uh, but yes, yeah, so this uh, one of our listeners from Sydney, Australia has sent us this little ditty. Um, my boyfriend and I were on our way down the coast to attend a friend's wedding. Just to give you a picture, I was wearing a sparkly blue dress with some high heels, all glammed up and ready for a good time. As we started getting closer to our destination, some pre-wedding social anxiety kicked in and my stomach turned. I forgot to mention this wedding was in the middle of a butt... Sorry. (laughs) 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 But it's funny. Okay. I forgot to mention... This is very Australian. I forgot to mention this wedding was in the middle of butt fuck nowhere... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> can't do it um, great. so all i could see was road trees and more road i ignored the first wave and hoped for the best that it would pass but i was wrong an even bigger wave took over my body and i started getting the sweats i told my boyfriend to pull over the car immediately but there was nowhere he could stop i held on tight for the next few minutes until i was at a point where i knew i was about to erupt the only thoughts going through my head were don't you dare poo and ruin your pretty dress he finally found a place where he could stop the car pulled in and i dived out of the door My original plan was to run into the bush and do my business where no passers-by could see me, but there was no time for that. I squatted down next to our car and did my business while cars continued to pass by watching me. I could honestly make eye contact with people driving past mid-squat. All I can say from this experience is, one, wearing heels is an absolute must for roadside poos as it gives you extra height. And two, learn from my mistake and always keep tissues on you for emergencies. I went on to have an amazing time at the wedding and acting like nothing happened, but my boyfriend and I still laugh about it often. My goodness, having Crohn's sure does keep me on my toes, literally. Oh, love that. blessed. Love that. That is very, very bridesmaids reminiscent. Like, don't you dare shit in that dress. And then she, <laughs> don't you dare ruin that dress. And then she shits in the street. I mean, that's that's wearing, like, you know, fancy wedding clothes. Imagine what it's like being a bride and being scared not to shit yourself. Like, oh I, God, I can yeah. imagine the anxiety that I might feel one day if I get married in a wedding dress. I will be so worried that I'm going to shit on the wedding dress. That's my well, biggest fear. I think maybe when you go to your fitting, just say that. Just say, look, I've got IBS. My top worry is pooing on this. I need something I can get out of ASAP. Yes. Or maybe one with, like, a detachable skirt so you've not got a huge... Thing. I like that. And Lottie Drynan was saying on her episode with us that she was wearing something quite loose fitted so that it wasn't sitting on her stomach all day because chances are she was going to be bloated from feeling anxious or from maybe drinking or eating too much on the day. So love it. You yeah. poor little babe with your high heels squatting. I was going to say that's a positive though. High heels, top tip. Top tip. I also, this, the, the, strength you must have to squat in those heels for for the time that i'm guessing it took to shit out your organs oh like yeah that. you'll have amazing calves absolutely sensational and i'm hoping as well that because it was australia the the view was was maybe nice 
It wasn't. Yeah. Wasn't Maybe like the M4. What if they were in the outback though? Well, it sounded like they were in the bloody butt fucking middle of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much to our amazing guest this week, Venus Libido. Um, yeah, we'll yeah, put yeah. on uh, the show notes where you can find her online. Definitely check her out. She is epic. And thank you to you all for listening today. You can find us on the same socials at the podcast, um, at the underscore poot. Oh, fuck me. Where are we? Um, what, what, what are we? The what unders- are we? The underscore podcast. Just type in the podcast and you'll find you'll it. You'll find us, yeah, at the underscore podcast and our email address is official at gmail.com. Evie, I'm doing it so quick so that you can have your food. What are you having? Thank you. I'm having a steak. Oh, yeah. Oh, no wonder you're eager to get off. Yeah, I text um, I text my boyfriend saying put it on now, but it's not delivered, it. so... Yeah, now. who knows? Um, yes, and please do keep all of your toilet tales coming in because they're fabulous. We have had a few actually, so we do have a bit of a small, very small backlog. But please keep them coming because we always need them. Yeah, we want to know about your backlog. Oh Hello. yes, yes, yes. That works in two ways: constipation and a log that comes out your back, aka poo. Snaps for me. Yeah, great. Well done, Claudia. Is the consequence of this podcast? Thank you. We will speak to you again. Bye. Bye. Thank you.